This presentation is from Design Research 2021, Day 2. Look, our, our next uh, presentation comes from Stephanie. Um, one of the, the challenges and, and one of the uh, things that we love to see when we're conducting research, we love to get our stakeholders involved. We love to get other people watching what we're doing. Um, it's not always uh, easy and it's uh, even harder sometimes when we're all using remote technologies. Hi, Steph. How are you? Good. How are you? Very well. Look, thanks for joining us. Um, excited to hear what you've got to share with us and I'll I'll hand over to you. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you all for taking the time this morning. My name is Steph and I'm taking you through remote research for business engagement. So the number one thing that has made us successful by far is the obsessive compulsive focus on the customer. Now, I wanted to start my presentation with some profound quote about customer centricity, one we've all heard, believe and know. But the truth is, often for those of us who work for the customer, the reality of customer centricity is just another buzzword used in business strategy so that roadmaps can push forward with implementing new products and features. And sure, everyone has good intent about the customer and being customer centric, but that moment when the team and your stakeholders are actually engaged and advocating for customer through what they've seen and heard, the output which we're all working towards becomes much more richer. So I'd like to take you on a journey of stakeholder centricity for customer centricity, which would have been a much better presentation title in hindsight, but here we are. But before we begin, I'd like to give a little intro to me. My name is Stephanie Lamont, and most simply, I like people. I like talking to them, I like understanding them and solving their problems. Do I sometimes feel that research is a dirty word? Maybe like 50% of my week, but that's okay and that's a story for another time. I've worked in the industry of understanding people for about 10 years, both as a client and as the one delivering the work. And in that time, you could say I've come across my fair share of stakeholders. Navigating stakeholders and what they're after can be complex. You know that, I know that. Their needs, what they understand versus what they choose to understand, it's all unique to the individual. However, for me, on the road to true engagement changed around October 2019 and was solidified around May 2020. I joined a team, a large team for me anyway, at Bupa of about 150 people, who in their digital team didn't really have the customer easily accessible to them. Sure, there was a UX team that were doing what they could and fighting the good fight to get work validated, but little was getting explored and discovered with the customer. So with that in mind, my director said to me, Steph, your job is more than just delivering insights and problem solving. Your job is to get these 150 members of the digital team, your peers, developers, project managers, business analysts, QA testers, project managers and design, plus all their stakeholders involved in all things customer. Not a big ask. So with that, I thought, how hard could it be? And I'd like to take you through my first learning, which was engagement. So this is where I started. I thought, I'll write a really slick report. And yes, this is important. But what I didn't realize at the time, and I think maybe perhaps rose-colored glasses, was that not everyone's going to read it, yeah? And I know we as researchers can easily fall into the trap of writing long, detailed reports. I do it all the time. I really enjoy it. 
um, and they do serve a purpose um, for those directly impacted by the findings. But the truth is, you know, and the reality is other stakeholders are very unlikely to get past the key findings page. And that's okay, but it is a little bit like, well, how can we get people a bit more involved in the research? The other thing I was doing was I was sending the report out. Again, this is another important step in making the research accessible to everybody. And the fastest way to do this is through mass emails, outlining what you did and what you found. But unfortunately, the cut through isn't always effective. And it's usually due to inbox overload or people being time poor. And it also can sometimes be people have no idea who you are and what you're doing. So building context is really important as well. And the final one is host a brown bag. So a brown bag is a great way to share the research with your peers. You come along, bring your lunch, you can have a chat about the research and I guess delve into things that you wouldn't typically do in a customer present as a client presentation. Um, so it's a really good way to, I guess, unpack the research even more with other people and get to know your peers as well. So I thought with these three steps, how am I going to fail? Well, I was quite naive, I guess, at the time. And that's where I'd like to introduce my second profound quote for today's presentation, which is, you can't let your failures define you. You have to let your failures teach you. Um, sorry, I just had a bit of a mental blank there. Now, why those um, three points I just spoke about are important, I guess in order to make them really effective, I'm going to show you some uh, techniques that I did and how I use remote research and remote tools to really make them uh, hold truth and really become more effective. This is where I'd like to introduce you to remote research for engagement. So um, this is the moment where things started to change for me and things started to click just that little bit more. So I'm a big fan of remote research tools. I'm a fan of using them in person. I'm a fan of using them remotely. And I was a big fan of writing them into proposals back when I wrote proposals for geographical representation that was cost effective. Um, what's so great about them? Well, we all know that you can use them anywhere at any time. And like I said, they're a lot more cost effective than doing things in person. But for today's presentation, they're actually, what's really great about them is they're a really great tool to be able to get your stakeholder actively involved in what you're doing. Now, there are many tools you can use for remote poll and quant research. A lot of them do the same thing. It's just some small nuances that make them different, such as, you know, Optimal Workshop, User Zoom, Maze, Crazy Egg, User, test, user Testing, Usability Hub. There's some of the other tools that are out there. If you've got some that you use, please hit me up on Slack and let me know. I'm always looking to use different tools and explore new ones. But for the purpose of today's presentation, the one I'm going to talk about, and no, I'm not sponsored, I swear I'm just a fangirl, is Look Back. Um, Look Back was my saving grace and the tool I used in the pivotal moment when true stakeholder engagement started to take off. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with Look Back, it's a qualitative tool that you can conduct research with customers in person, remotely and unmoderated. It allows you to see their screen and their face and it allows stakeholders to join without the participant being none the wiser. Obviously, you have to go through your spiel and let them know that we're recording the session, blah, 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 but you know that. But effectively, what Look Back is, is a digital glass mirror. Here's a little look at how Look Back works. That's a lot of looks in one sentence. Um, you can see on the screen the Netflix and the UX Australia um, screens. So this would be what the customer sees. You can see their face next to it. So you can observe what they're doing. 
And you're also able to take notes that are live timestamps. So you can go back through later if you're cutting up recordings and flick to the moment that you need to find if there was a really important quote that you were looking for, you can find it quite easily. But what it also does is for the, um, the stakeholders or the observers that are watching, they have their own chat as well. And you can communicate with them throughout the session if you can do that, or you can just come back and read it later. So you can see perhaps what moments in the session really cause a spike in, in chatter. And you can see that that's where something that things might be a point of interest or a point of contention in the business. So it's a really great way to get, I guess, on top of what your stakeholders are thinking about the research session. Now, the great thing about remote research is it allows our participants to join from anywhere at any time in a location that is comfortable to them. Yeah, that's the benefit of it. That's how we sell it. That's why we do it. So it made me think, why shouldn't it be the same for our stakeholders? If we're selling all these benefits about being able to join anywhere at any time that's convenient for our customers, it should be the same for our stakeholders, yeah, because they're busy, they're people, they're like us, they're like our customers. So with that, I'd like to talk to you about my steps for success. So armed with my trusty look back tool, um, I started making it known just how much research I was doing and I set up regular research sessions. Now, for me at the time, it was bi-monthly that I was doing my research and that was because I really wanted to get the digital team at the time really across how much research we were doing and that it was happening all the time so that they could be involved whenever they wanted to. Just really, I guess, um, building a bit of excitement around that. The second thing I did was I started inviting stakeholders to sessions. Now, I did this through personalised invitations so stakeholders um, could feel a bit more uh, welcomed in. And at the start, it was time-consuming until I started drafting up some templates that I switched in and out as applicable. I should also clarify that what I mean by personalised was that I would send a personalised template to a cohort of stakeholders, so marketing sort of spiel ones to marketing, the benefits for delivery teams to delivery teams that they might be building this at the end of the research and the design process, that type of thing. Now, this felt more exclusive to stakeholders, like they were a select pocket that was being invited to participate and see firsthand what the customer was saying. So it was a really effective way to sort of bring them in. They were like, oh, only four of us have been invited. And the things I put in the email were just really simple. It was really, I just introduced the study. I outlined the objective and the purpose the relevance to the group, like I said, the number of sessions, the times the sessions were running, and most importantly, and the one that was really pivotal, was I gave them a role. Well, I invited them to take a role. I asked stakeholders if they'd like to be actively involved in a session by taking on a role. These roles, depending on the stakeholder group, marketing, developers, product, UX, could be involved in note-taking, observing, co-moderating or moderating, all in which they could work their way up to so they could start as an observer, then start note-taking and co-moderating if that was something they were interested in doing and help build their skills along the way, getting them more invested in it. And I found by creating roles, and I do use this term quite loosely, loosely as there was a team, obviously, of researchers to help facilitate the sessions and do the note-taking, um, but I found a really huge increase in stakeholder engagement, even to the point where I would send out an email and then I would get stakeholders emailing back asking if they could invite other members of their team or their stakeholders to the sessions. So I felt that once stakeholders felt they could choose either an active or a passive role in the session at a time that was convenient to them, the coin really flipped. 
And once they'd responded to the session, they would then receive another personalised email, which was another template, basically instructing them on what to do next and how to be involved in the session. So if they're observing things to be conscious of, if they're note-taking, how to do so effectively so they're not transcribing, that kind of thing. And then finally, I invited them to synth. So once the research was completed, I opened up the synth session to stakeholders to join. Again, this was remotely using Miro, but you can use Trello or other tools that you, um, that you use in general. Um, they don't have to come, but it was an optional thing. So they could, I could hear what they had heard and they could hear what I had heard and, and feel like they had a bit more skin in the synthesis and the research report once it came out. That sort of, I guess, more involved. Um, and again, it's just another step to involve them in the process. So looking at the screen now, I'd like to show you a few templates that I had sort of produced. Um, you can see from the top one that there's the date and the time where the black highlight is, is what the purpose of the study might be, how long it's going to run for, the tool we're using and why we use that tool. If they're interested in participating, what the roles are, a little bit about the roles, the times, and if they have any questions, to please reach out and, and you know, just ask any questions they might have. And then the one behind it is if they had opted in a little bit about what they'll be doing, how the session will be running, the setup they needed to do on their end, which was like register an account, and then just um, some top tips to be successful in participating in the research. So going back to the first learning um, around engagement, I'd like to now talk to you about how these things became much more effective in the research. So I'd still write a really slick report at the end, but then once the report was completed, those involved were more likely to read it, recommend it to another colleague, or send it on to a team they felt needed it. And I found myself going to presentations with teams, one, I didn't know existed, two, I didn't know were working on similar things to us, and three, getting knowledge that I could take back into my team to help with further ideation and development. So it was just a really great way to connect a lot of dots in the business and often we can find that there are teams working in silos. So this was a really great way to help start connecting a lot more dots a lot more quicker. So I can't, you know, talk to that enough. Um, the second one was sending the report out. So again, still sending out those blanket emails, but this time including thank yous to the stakeholders who were involved in the sessions and saying to them, um, you know, thanks for coming along and then getting them to reply, well, not getting them to reply, they would reply and say, thanks for having us, I learned all these things. Um, and that would also help turn those blanket emails into email chains, which was another really great thing. So then, you know, you'd see, people would see their bosses would come along to the session or their boss's boss and it would give them permission to join the sessions next time or maybe a bit of a kick up the bum to join the sessions as well, which was also a really great thing. And then finally, the brown bag sessions. So these were redesigned and so were presentations as well, especially from a work from home environment. Similarly to the research sessions, they were set out with roles and purpose. So come listen, fold the laundry, dial in from your phone while you're going for a walk. Setting up these active and passive roles. So if someone was involved in the presentation, letting them know what they were doing, and what they were going to be presenting. And if they weren't, that they could go and do something that's going to help benefit their day a little bit more, like getting out and moving their body or doing some chores around the house, all while listening. And what we found with those passive roles was that taking people away from their computer meant they weren't distracted by emails and reports and doing things in the background when the meeting's happening, which I know we're all guilty of, 
but they're doing things that help them and they're listening to what's happening. So they're asking more detailed questions. They're really connecting with what you're saying because that's all they're really listening while they're doing a mundane task. So it was a really powerful way to get people more engaged in the research. So I'd like to recap on my top tips for using remote research as a tool for business engagement or stakeholder engagement. And the first one is be loud about your research. Set up a regular cadence, talk about it, email about it. Build exclusivity, excitement and opportunity around remote research. Invite your stakeholders to research sessions. Personalise that invitation. Tell them what they'll get by coming along and how it impacts their role. Don't exclude anybody because you think it might not be relevant to them. Involve stakeholders with roles. So give them the role of the observer, the note taker, the moderator, whatever it might be. It's a privilege to be able to talk to the customer and action what they need. Make that known. Give your stakeholder a supporting role. Get everybody involved in synth. Let them have their voice heard. Let them hear how you heard it. Call on your stakeholders for advocacy. Ask them what they thought of the session. Ask them if they got anything new out of it. Ask them for feedback on how you're doing. And finally, play back with purpose. Like I mentioned, set passive and active roles and you'll find that it engages people's listening if they're doing other things while they're participating in your presentation. I want to leave you all with this. We're in the business of people, yeah? All people. So by understanding our business people, we can get them advocating more for our customers to ensure that what we hear, see and do impacts decision and direction and that we can really amplify this through our remote research tools. So please, I'd love to hear if you try it out and how it works for you. Thanks for watching. Thank you, Steph. No worries. That was uh, packed with good ideas. I, <laughs> I, I love like just that simple thing of, of uh, thanking stakeholders for getting involved and for and for showing up is like it's it's one of the smallest things in 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 there in terms of you know like what you were advocating for and yet it, it, it's such an easy thing to forget when mm. when we're in the midst of our work and then we've got to move on to the next section and the next session and the analysis and the and the report yeah. it's super easy to forget just that simple that simple step of Thank you. Thank you for playing that role. Thank you for um, being involved. It absolutely is. Because we're, we're all busy, yeah? Stakeholders are busy. We're busy. You want to be acknowledged for your time. Otherwise, you might not give it again. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those little things. I love that, um, you know, giving them a structure of, you know, here's, here's a simple role. Just come and observe. Here's a more difficult role. Come and take notes, you know, I can, and helping them build an expertise over time rather than, okay, come in and ask questions. And it's like, no, 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 um, which can be quite intimidating. Absolutely. I feel like, you know, when you sort of, when people were getting a role, they felt more engaged. It's like, well, I'm, I'm here to help you. Let me show you what I heard. And it actually built a lot of excitement, especially from, you know, senior stakeholder level. They're like, oh, you know, they're always advocating for customer, but until they're in there participating and then being able to go back and share what they heard firsthand or how they were involved firsthand, it's just so much more powerful. They're like, well, I was in this session and this person was saying this and it's almost like that's the only thing they hear and then they move forward with it. It's like there's more, sure. <laughs> but it's, um, it more. was really good.
I, I also you mentioned that it, it comes across with they walk away with a greater appreciation of the effort that goes into conducting research, both mm-hmm. the preparation, the flow of it, being able to listen actively for an extended period of time, knowing when to listen and when to probe further, like all of those skills that they would feel awkward with just walking into a session for the first time or even observing a session. Absolutely. It gives research more credibility, I think, for the for what it is. You know, oh, just talking to people, just running a few surveys. But when you're actually there, it's like, oh, okay, there's quite a lot more involved to be able to have a conversation, listen, interpret and take it away. Um, so, yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's one of those things, I think. That's wonderful. Thank you very much, Steph. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everyone. Our pleasure. Thank you.